Easy peeper deeps. This is P fine here, or Pete fine, whichever floats your boat. And welcome to another podcast, another feeling fine podcast. And I'm going to take this opportunity to do again delve into the mind I regard this as being uh, an inexhaustible subject mind is everything mind is everything many people have said this um, throughout the history of humanity I think it might have been something that Buddha actually said you know, a lot of the time I, I might say things, um, things like I've just said, mind is everything, and, and I think Buddha said it. You know, I've read things here and there, and but I never really, uh, or not not all of the time anyway, didn't take note of, of where I've read it or whatever. Because, you know, a lot of things that I've read, I've started to read, you know, there's not many books that I can honestly say that I've read and finished reading. Because, you know, when sort of seeking as a, 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 a spiritual seeker, as a spiritual seeker for me, my, my kind of journey, it's like once I read something that kind of points my attention in a certain way, then it's it's almost like it's time to put that material down. It's time to put that book down or whatever, because perhaps I've I've taken from it all that I needed to take from it in that moment or in that time on that occasion. So a lot of things that I might quote, I will openly say that I, I read it somewhere, but I won't always know or remember where it was that I read it. So, um, but this, this kind of quote, mind is everything, I, I think it might be something that Buddha once said that's attributed to Buddha. Mind is everything. So, when, when you really take a, a, a good look at life and how we perceive life, we really have been told what life is we've been told what life is and it's from this information that we've been given that we basically structure our life experience and the 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 life that we live the life that the experiences that we have our situations and so on we structure everything around what we've been told. But when you truly look at life, it's, it becomes difficult to see it as something that you can be really conclusive about. I remember about 10 years ago, when uh, 
that I think I might have said in my previous video, my previous video uh, or audio podcast, whichever way that you might have found it. Uh, but I said in my previous uh, recording that my journey started about 11, 12 years ago. So, uh, but yeah, it was probably about 11, 10 years ago, something like that, I don't know. When I started to read and look into um, quantum physics. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to start trying to uh, declare myself as a, a quantum physicist that's filled with uh, vast amounts of knowledge on um, such things like quarks and um, neutrons and protons or photons or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's another field. You know, I, I might have touched on the subject enough to just uh, have a bit of an understanding. But... Um, I arrived at this point of seeing that our senses can't really show us truth. Our senses can't show us truth. And then it was kind of, this was supported when I started to see or, or, or have a, a, a kind of a vague understanding of quantum physics. So you have this... Uh, uh, okay, if you if you don't know what I mean by quantum physics, if you don't uh, really have any any knowledge on it, or or you don't have any stored information in your mind, quantum physics is basically okay. Uh, we speak of particles, and um, quantum physics basically breaks everything down into particles. So I'm pretty sure that. The, uh, one of the basic things that you learn in science is everything's made of atoms. Everything's made of atoms. Subatomic particles are, are particles of an atom. So smaller than an atom. Uh, and of these subatomic particles, you'd get, I think it's photons and neutrons and quarks and stuff like this. You know, by all means. You know, I'm not saying all of this because I believe I'm right. I, I don't know. It's just bits that I remember picking up from somewhere. I'm probably getting it all wrapped around my ankles. But anyway, there's all these particles. And um, so what I what I, I came to realize about um, about life is when you look at it scientifically, we are incapable of knowing life truly knowing life using our senses the senses of taste touch um, hearing seeing and smelling our senses can't show us uh, what's uh, the truth of what life is and the reason why i was uh, i came to this kind of of uh, uh, well, I could say a conclusion, this realisation. The reason why I was able to come to this is because if our senses showed us truth, then there are some people that lack one sense or another. It might be some people are deaf, some people are blind, um, uh, some people, uh, you know, for whatever reason, 
they have they have a lack in senses. Some people are colorblind, for example, and so on and so on. So all these different senses can be affected in a multitude of different ways in different people. So if our senses were able to give us or show us truth, then there are some people that would invariably not be able to not be able to know truth because they were lacking uh, one or some senses. So um, from this kind of thing, it, it sort of made me see that actually, you know, perhaps our senses can't show us truth. But then I came across uh, quantum physics. And uh, quantum physics breaks everything down into particles. And, and in a nutshell, if you look at anything under a microscope, if you look at anything under a microscope, uh, and, you know, obviously microscope uh, magnifies everything so you can see it much closer. But then if you magnify anything under a microscope enough, then you will see that it's made of particles, of, of, sub, of, of atoms and subatoms. Excuse me. It's made of atoms and subatoms. So there's no real solid object. So if you look at anything, absolutely anything under a microscope, it's made up of particles. So this to me means that what we see isn't actually truth, isn't actually real. It's like a, a, a hologram. It's call it a figment of our imagination. So, it's, you know, when you th look at it like this. So, everything's made up of particles. So, this means that if I look at my hand under a microscope, it's made of particles. It's made of these subatoms, basically. All these minute particles under a microscope, they're moving around all the time and so on. And again, like I said, I'm just glossing over quantum physics on a um, it, it's, it's something that I have read bits and pieces on, but I, it, it's, it's too much information for me. <laughs> but I look at my hand under a microscope, and it's made of, of all these subatomic particles. So this means that if I was able to take one of my eyeballs out and put it under a microscope and look at my eyeball with my other eyeball <laughs> through the microscope... <laughs> so obviously you close the one eye that you've got no eyeball in <laughs> and you look at your other eye with your other eye you look at your eyeball through the microscope and you're going to see that it's made up of subatomic particles so even your eyes made up your eyeball is made up of subatomic particles every element of your eyeball is made up of subatomic particles so this means that we are incapable of truly seeing. What we see isn't actually what we see. We don't actually see with our eyes, our two external physical eyes. We don't actually see anything because our eyes, unless we can say that um, each particle, subatomic particle, 
has eyes of its own, so it is able to see for itself, then in a nutshell, all these uh, particles that, that sort of combine together to make my eyeball would have to be able to see something, which would also mean that a particle would be able to see a particle. So to look at it from another perspective, I wouldn't need a microscope to be able to see subatomic particles. I'd just be able to look at something and see see it as particles. <laughs> I hope you're following me. <laughs> um, so we're we're incapable of seeing or or knowing truth with our senses. So what is it that our senses are actually for? What are they? What do they? What 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 do we use them for? So you know our senses basically, they are like devices for the mind. They're like survival tools, I suppose, the survival tools. And you know again, I'll echo the the statement I I I said before in my previous podcast. I'm not saying anything that I want you to believe. Everything that I'm saying, you know, it, it's it's worth contemplating. It's worth taking into account, contemplating, and you know, and I'm not even going to say think about it. You know, look at it, look at it, look at what I'm saying. I, I, the reason why I'm saying I'm not going to say think about it is because when you think about something, you can only think about it using the information that you've already got in your mind. So it's like. You know, I've, I've, I've once said that um, the, the, the cure is never far from the poison. And, you know, another way of saying this is the mind is the lock, but it's also the key. So everything that I'm saying here, it, it might probably sound paradoxical. But it also points your, uh, your awareness and your attention towards a simple fact that in reality, we don't truly know. We don't truly know uh, life. We don't truly know life in such that we can put it into words. Let's put it that way. We don't truly know life in such, in such a way that we can put it into words. To truly know life is to realize that it's not something that you can actually put into words. And this, again, is echoed by the fact that words came along. A million, you know, this, this earth, this world, this universe, whatever, has existed for millions, billions of years or however long it is. You know, again, I'm no historian. I don't know all these timeline facts and stuff. But it's existed for millions of years. And then at some point in this billion, trillion, maybe year timeline, man comes along. And then man comes along and then creates a language. So how can a language, how can words put something, uh, uh, define something that was actually an existent billions or trillions, whatever, years before the word? So, um, going back to the topic. So, particles, everything's made up of particles. So, we can't actually sense 
we can't actually realize truth using our senses. But what we can do is we can eliminate this idea, this belief, this concept from, from the equation in the search for truth. We can eliminate it. You know, we can say, right, okay, well, I can see now that my senses can't bring me truth. I can see that I cannot see truth using my eyes. I can see that I cannot hear or smell or taste or touch truth. But all of these kind of devices, the, the devices of the senses, can bring us closer to realizing what truth is. So in my realization, you cannot find truth by looking for it. Truth is something that comes about when you remove all of the falsities from your mind. So when I said before that mind is everything, we look at life and our life situation and every experience that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, an outward experience or whether it's an inner experience. Um, and by inner experience, I mean something that's perceived in the mind uh, and, uh, um, you know, but not a physical reality for everybody else to see. You know, it makes no difference whether it's in your mind or whether it's an external experience that everybody is able to see and experience. You know, uh, it's still all the mind. We, 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 everything that we perceive is in the mind. So when I look at my hand, despite knowing that uh, science has, has, has proven that it's all particles, Okay, I don't see it as particles, I see it as a physical hand. But where I'm actually seeing my hand is in my mind. So I'm looking at my hand as though it's here in front of my eyes. And, and for the benefit of those who are listening to this as an audio, I am holding my hand up. <laughs> um, so we, we, we look at this as though we are looking at it. Um, externally with our eyes but the the reality is that what we are actually seeing is reflected in our minds so it's not actually there where I'm seeing it it's it's within the mind that I'm seeing my hand everything that you look at you don't see it over there or over there or out there you see it in your mind. So this kind of sentiment, it, it, it reflects the fact that when you look at uh, these things under a microscope, they're not real. They're not real because in reality, they are not out there. Everything that we perceive as being out there is within us. It's within the mind. And the same so if, if, if our external reality is actually perceived within the mind, then it kind of occupies the same space as our thoughts. 
it occupies the same space as our thoughts. So thought is actually, uh, uh, I suppose you could say, a deeper dimension than our physical reality. But it is still occupying the same space as our uh, external reality. So, everything is the mind. Everything is the mind. So this is the, the process that we follow through birth, from birth, is we, um, you know, as I mentioned in my first podcast, we learn to label things and then we learn to categorize things. And then every, sub every subsequent thing that comes into reality gets labeled and categorized in the same way. So, for example... Um, if it's a plant or a tree or something, then uh, something new pops up, it gets categorised uh, as a plant or a tree. It gets grouped together in this family. If it's uh, uh, something that looks like a human, then it, it gets categorised in some way. So it's almost like, uh, right, well, we know it's not a human, but it looks quite human. So then there's another category for that. If it's uh, something that looks like a dog, but it's not a dog. Well, you know, it looks like a dog, but it's not a dog. So then there's a separate category for that. And so on and so on. So everything gets categorized and labeled in this way. So we have this web of information in our minds that basically um, is, uh, it, it's, it's like a complete map. It's a complete map of, of, of life. And I mentioned in the in, in my other one, my other podcast, you know, this is the matrix. We see life through this matrix of reality. So anything, anything that comes into our reality has to be grouped up, labeled, and categorized in some way so that our human minds can kind of have a, 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 an understanding of it albeit a very limited one. So in this, in, you know, when you look at life in this way, the moment that I start to speak of the mind, the mind is also something that has been labelled, boxed up, categorised in the, exactly the same way, in exactly the same way that everything else is. When I speak of spirituality, if I speak of God, um, if I speak of of Anything, absolutely anything, anything that is uh, physically perceivable or anything that isn't even perceivable with the eye, then it still gets boxed up, labelled and categorised in this way so that in our minds we have an ability to kind of grasp it in some way, shape or form. So this is why if it's something that you've never really experienced, um then it's, it becomes very easy to reject it as being, you know, nonsense, rubbish, uh, idiotic, stupid, and all the rest of these labels that people might come up with as stuff that they don't truly understand or don't truly know. And it's also the basis of, of hate, of all kinds of hate, is when it's, it's something, people are confronted with something that they don't truly know, 
then there is um, more often than not there is rejection it gets rejected uh, in some way uh, often in hateful ways because it's 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 not something that is in their present sort of scope of reality so in this way we're educated uh, and you know many schools of thought call it conditioned we're conditioned to see life a certain way but then the the um there's a kind of a pitfall to um uh, to to you know to information and to understanding there's a kind of a pitfall and and it's kind of like where you really have to go deeper is that because we have been conditioned to see life a certain way, the conditioning isn't just to see life a certain way, but it's also to see reality in a certain way. So to see reality in a certain way is uh, what I mean by this is suddenly we arrive at this point where, okay, you might have a realization that actually everything that I was taught isn't true, blah, blah, blah. But then to, to kind of have this belief that you have to have your own idea and um, uh, concept, if you like, of reality. So the condition isn't just to see things a certain way, but it's also to believe that you have to see things a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> because then what happens is you're probably going to start to um, create in your mind another version of, of uh, reality. And then from that version of reality, you might be uh, starting to, uh, to, to share and teach other people to see things in the same way. And, you know, again... This might sound paradoxical. I'm sitting here talking in this way about all of this stuff. But it's the same reason why I keep saying don't believe anything that I'm saying. I'm not here to tell you that everything that I'm saying is true. But what I am saying is, what I realise that's true for me is that I don't really know what truth is. I don't really know what truth is as something that I can put conceptually into words, that I can put into words and say, yeah, this is the truth. This is the truth, man. Believe me, you've got to believe me. But what I can say is that I, I, how I see life now is in such a way that everything that I was taught and told was true, I can see that actually perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's not. Perhaps there's a deeper reality that, that I've been missing all this time. And this is why when um, I speak about things like meditation and silencing the mind, bringing the mind to silence, is because essentially the noise that we have in our minds is just the constant reiteration and reverberation of everything that we've been taught, everything that we've learned, all the information that we've gathered along the way. You know, it's constantly playing out. It's constantly there as a map of reality. It's constantly there. So when, uh, um, so when you look out of the window or you go for a walk through the park or whatever and you look at nature and you look at all of these things, 
You are looking at everything through this map. You are perceiving everything through this idea of reality, not perceiving it, or it's, it's more likely that you're not perceiving it exactly as it is, for what it is. You know, to look at this from another perspective, from another kind of viewpoint, if you go to a tree, if you walk out in the park and you see a tree, oh, look, there's a tree. But the tree never told you it was a tree. The tree never came to you and said, Hi, I'm a tree of the Caronicus Bolopticus variety or whatever all these Latin names are. Uh, the tree never came and gave you this information. We, gave, uh, we were given the information about the tree. So if a tree actually spoke to you and told you that it's a tree, then <laughs> you're quite welcome to accept that as truth. <laughs> but um, so this is the um, this is the way that we perceive life. We perceive life through this filter and matrix of words and then for some of us, um, we might arrive at this realization that we've been uh, educated in such a way that we see, in it, uh, we see life in this certain way, right down to how we see ourselves and how we perceive ourselves in a way that we've been taught. So then we can see this, uh, you, or you might be able to see this for yourself. But then comes the other pitfall where suddenly... It's like you've got to create a whole new idea of what life is for yourself. But is this really necessary? That's the ultimate question. You know, it's like as an infant. Um, you know, if you... If walking was something that we didn't actually learn to do or we didn't develop the ability to do until we were about 10 years old. Most people would never learn to walk <laughs> or most people wouldn't even start to walk until they're about 20 or 20 in their 20s or something because of the idea that we've developed and the mindset that we've developed uh, that basically counteract our our rational and reasonable mind. So you look at when we do learn to do things like walking, we learn to do these things before we've even developed the idea of being fearful. So when you watch a child, you watch a young child, uh, um, an infant, when they're just starting to walk, and... Um, it's one of the most sort of scary experiences, you know, as a parent, uh, you know, okay, I see it as a different, in a different way now, but when I was a parent, when my children were younger and I'd see them just starting to walk and they get up on their feet and it's almost like, um, their heads are so big and heavy that they've got to try and keep their head up. So no sooner do they get up and start to walk than they're running everywhere. Uh, and and it's that's kind of daunting because suddenly, you know, you, you spend the first 
12 months or whatever uh, of supporting your child's head and all of this kind of stuff and then all of a sudden they're on their feet they're running all over the place and when a child falls over and bumps their head on the floor as a parent i don't know <laughs> if it's if it is actually like this in reality in real life in reality or whether it's just the way that we perceive it but when a child falls over and bumps their head on the floor it, it's the loudest noise that you ever heard it really and it's, oh my god um but a child they get up at, at such a young age and they start to walk but as soon as they're on their feet they're running all over the place and it's like they can't get anywhere quick enough um but they don't have this idea they don't have this idea or belief or this 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 thought in their head about being confident, about having self-esteem and all of these kind of things that as we get older, these ideas and concepts become valuable to us uh, in our um, sort of quest through life. So suddenly um, to do certain things in life, you have to have confidence and you have to have self-esteem. But at a, 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 a point in our infant lives, confidence and self-esteem, they weren't, these, these ideas weren't anything that we even gave any consideration to. It was just like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. And you'd find a way. But then, uh, like I said, later on in life, suddenly you have to have the confidence and you have to have self-esteem and self-worth and all of these kind of conceptual ideas that you need in your life in order for your life to progress. So the question here is, is it that we actually need these things in our lives or could it be that we just need to drop all of the things that we have put into our mindset that hinder us from actually doing the things that we really want to do you know again this is something that i i, I do think it, it's it's worth pondering it's worth contemplating on is you know when i so this my journey was obviously through spirituality and um and self-realization and then uh, this sort of followed into, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-development, if you like. Um, so now all of, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I was on this path of self-development. It's like, okay, well, um, I want to kind of shake off the past and become this new version of myself. So now I'm learning all these different skills and techniques and blah, 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 blah. But then to arrive again at another point where it's like, well, actually, I'm learning all these concepts and ideas, such things like confidence and self-esteem and self-worth and all of this kind of stuff. But as the infant, as an infant, none of these things meant anything to me. None of these things were, weren't necessary for me to talk to my kids and say, listen, if you want to walk, you've got to have the confidence to walk. If you want to talk, you've got to have the confidence to, to talk. If you want to do this, if you want to do that... But then as they start to grow up and get older and older and in and, and their years, and I'm speaking like they're all pensioners, but you know what I mean, as they start to develop, then it's the, my ideas of reality. It's like one of my kids, uh, I remember, 
Um, I remember uh, we were, I think it was, we, if I remember rightly, we were going, I was taking her to school and um, it was nursery and she was really holding on to me. And I remember the word came out of my, my mouth. It came out of me. Are you shy? Now, when I look back at this at the time, I, I thought nothing of it. I'm just trying to understand the situation. But looking back on this situation, I was actually putting my belief onto her about the situation. You know, she might have been apprehensive or whatever, for whatever reason. But the fact that I was asking her if she was shy at such a young age was introducing something of my reality to her, basically. So, um, so now her potential to be able to see it from this viewpoint, from, from my view, um, becomes greater. Now, all of a sudden, she can associate something that she might be feeling or experiencing with whatever I believe it is. So we don't need um, we don't need confidence, we don't need self-esteem as, as infants. But then as we get older, we start to believe that these things are a necessity for us to move forward. So could it be that again all we're actually doing is conditioning ourselves um, uh, to see and interact with life in a certain way. Is there really an, a necessity for this? Is there really a necessity for it? Uh, could it not just be that we just drop all this nonsense and all these ideas and all these mental programs and, and just put them to one side and just practice the art, I suppose, of just putting your foot forward, taking the next step without the need to, to have all of these concepts, ideas, and, and, and beliefs such as uh, confidence and self-esteem and, and, and so on and so on. Could it just be that we just need to drop all of the beliefs that we've associated with life and not need to form any new ones? You know, we all, um, when you look at, at life and, and in general, we're all so different. It, you know, our differences aren't just limited to our appearance. Our differences go much deeper than this. Our differences are um, mental, biological, uh, um, know our energy everything about us is is individually unique everything every aspect of who we are as individuals is unique to us every aspect so you know it, it's like part of this whole idea of how we, we're taught to see life you know, there are no fat people. There are no fat people. There are no thin people. There are no tall people. There are no short people. There are no this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. None of these things are actually real realities for people. None of them are. 
These are just ways that we've been taught to look at life. So if you look at yourself and you see yourself as this, that and the other or whatever, this is just the way that you've been taught to see yourself. And if you believe that you are any of these things, then this has become your identity. This has become your identity. And if, so it's like things like, uh, if you believe that you are a fat person, for example, it's like for, for, for this be belief to exist in your mind, to have a reality in your mind, excuse me, for this to have a reality in your mind, this has come from somewhere else. It's come from somebody else, you know, and it's, it's like somebody's that, that somebody's looked at life and said, that doesn't look like me. So what is that? And then from this idea, um, the, uh, from this, the idea of what that is comes about. So somebody who looks a certain way and, and has a certain image about themselves, that they look at themselves and, and then they look at somebody else or, or whatever and say, that doesn't look like me. I need to have a description for that. I need to have a description. And this is, as I see it, the reason why we shouldn't, or I'll rephrase that, the reason why it's not wise to judge because every judgment that you make is comparable to yourself. So the, th the first thing that is judged in the judgment that you make about anything else is of yourself. You are judging yourself first. You can't judge anything without judging yourself. That's the bottom line. So it's like if you think that something is bad, or something is wrong, then the judgment is based on yourself being good and right. And, um, and this is how we look at life. And so if you look at yourself as being bad, then obviously, uh, or if you look at something else as being good or right, then the, the judgment is on yourself as being bad or wrong. <laughs> Everything is comparable to yourself. Every judgment is uh, with yourself as the root of the judgment. Uh, so this is how, this is the reality of life. This is how we look at life. We look at life through such a narrow-minded perspective, a narrow-minded viewpoint, an educated viewpoint. So the human mind in this respect is a very tiny aspect of the totality of the mind. So when Buddha or, or whoever it was that, that said mind is everything, this truly requires uh, a deep understanding. The, it, it requires the deepening of the mind. And a mind that's full of beliefs, concepts and opinions and so on is... Um, tends to be a very shallow mind. It's a very shallow use of the mind. So, you know, and, and in this what I'm saying is, if you look at all the information that we've been, that we've gathered and all of the things that we've learned, all the things that we've been taught, and then 
you with this head full of information to believe that you can um, solve the problems in the world with the information that you've got so you have this uh, blanket of, of, of information that we call knowledge you have this blanket of information and then you look at a problem and then to solve the problem you doubt you sort of delve into this head full of information to try to find the solution but then the solution to the problem never comes out of what you've already learned or what you've already gathered solutions never come out of the information that you already have the solution comes out of uh, comes from beyond the mind or beyond the human mind but then we use the human mind to bring the solution into reality so it's like the information that we have we then take that information to explain reality this is the 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 this is like when einstein came up with a theory of was the theory of gravity or whatever his theories are i don't know. <laughs> again i'm <laughs> you might be thinking well everybody should know this well i don't know all of this stuff i might have done at one point but it just fell out of my head you know it, it it's it, i'm sure it's there and I'm, I'm, maybe i i got it right maybe it was a theory of gravity or re relativity or something like that but when he came up with these theories when tesla came up with his ideas about electricity and all of this kind of stuff he didn't come up with these ideas because he'd learned all of this kind of information these ideas came to him and then he presented them using the information that he'd learned that he'd got in his mind so the mind the human mind is very shallow the human mind is very shallow it's minuscule it's like a grain of sand compared to all the beaches of the world or a drop of water compared to all the water in the world in every ocean in every sea in every river in every waterway uh, the human mind is like a single drop in comparison to the waters of the world um but then uh and the the mind itself is all of the waters of the world it's every uh, beach and uh, um, uh, on the planet it's all of the sand in the the entire cosmos is the mind but the human mind is the single grain is the single speck so we look at life through this this human mind this human standpoint this this human perspective when in truth the 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 whole of reality is far greater than the human mind is 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 ever possibly capable of grasping so when we we learn to drop all the labels beliefs concepts and ideas and opinions that we might have about life which are all basically just gathered information you know when you i, I speak to people you might be this person i've been this person in the past i've had an opinion my opinion is and i'll spit out all this jargon but all i'm saying actually is i'm just reiterating something that somebody else has said you know and it's like you listen to what somebody says and if it makes you feel good if it you know if it sounds good and whatever else uh, and if by knowing it, it 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 makes you look good 
then you'll hold on to that information and you'll spit it out in the first available opportunity. But it's just gathered information. Uh, and, um, and this is what the human mind is. So we go to school, we, we, we have this whole educational process which lasts, what is it, uh, about the, uh, somewhere in the region of about 10, 11 years or whatever. We, we're, we're going through this edu educational process from a very, very young age uh, and we're given all of this information and then we reach this point where all of this information is how we look at life and, and this is why so many people are suffering now with their minds. Again, this is another subject that I would like to go deeper into. Uh, like I said before, like I keep saying, totally just how I see, how I observe reality. Um, but there's so many people that are struggling and suffering in life, not because of anything that they are doing or anything that they are doing wrong, but purely because they are trying to function with, it's like having a, a PC with um, an, a, a, a Mac, Apple Mac operating system in it. It's, you know, this is what, this is how we are. We're trying to function with an operating system that doesn't work in us, that doesn't work for us. And, uh, and because it doesn't work, we're starting to experience all these issues and all of these problems, but we are trying to use our minds to understand what the problem is when the problem is the mind. Uh, or rather, the mind is seeing itself as the problem. To be able to open your mind beyond the problem is to be able to look at the mind for what it is. Or more importantly, to see the human mind for what it is. It's just a, a collection and a gathering of, and, uh, of information that basically creates a program. And this program is what we are trying to look at life and understand life with. So we have all of these different kind of uh, mind-related issues like uh, attention deficiency and learning difficulties and so on and so on. You know, for any child or person to be told that they have a learning difficulty. If you have a sound enough mind to be able to understand when somebody is speaking to you and you are told that you have learning difficulties, that to me is, is you know, it could quite easily be considered as, as a form of abuse because the reality is you just have a different way of learning to what, what other people have. You have a different way of learning. And that's what needs to be understood. It's not that you have learning difficulties. It's just that you have a different way of learning and a different way of understanding. And these are the things that I, that I see need to be brought to the forefront, need to be addressed, need to be focused on, and need to be understood uh, to, to, in a way... Uh, relieve people of this burden of uh, of mental torture and mental anguish you know to relieve people from this 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 whole feeling and the experience of being fearful of our own minds this is where we're at uh, where human our human timeline has brought us to this point where we are m more
more so now than ever before, becoming fearful of our own minds. And, you know, to me, a lot of that is because this is the age of information. This is the age of information. And again, this is something that a lot of people think when I mention the age of information, well, yeah, it's because now you can find anything out at the touch of a button. The information's all out there. It's all you can click on your PC, on your even your smartphone. We're all walking around now with a world library in our back pockets or your front pocket or your breast pocket, whichever pocket you stick your phone in. Uh, but we all have a world library with us. When you go back 30 years ago, if you wanted to find out even a minuscule amount of the things that you can find out today, you had to go to your local library and you were lucky if they had a section that covered that subject. Otherwise, you might have to try and order a book or whatever. But then if you don't know what you're looking for, you know, that's the thing today, as we call it, the access to age of information. You can find stuff out now that you might not have even been looking for. <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff now is just thrown in your face. And then it might pique your interest, but you might never even considered looking at it in the past. But now it's there and you can look at it. So we call this the age of information because you can find so much stuff out at the, at the touch of a button. But then I look at information from a different standpoint. Information. So it's kind of like separating the word into two. Information. And the formation is the mind or the human mind and it's a formation within the mind so you have the mind which like i said before is the all of the waters of the world and then you have the human mind which is a droplet of water within that so this droplet of water has has, has formed this belief that it is separate from i'll call it the great mind and in this separation, it is trying to fit the great mind into itself. So our problems begin when we try to fit the entire universe into the grain of sand instead of realizing that the entire universe or the grain of sand is a part of the entire universe. Uh, I'm going to sign out for this podcast. That's it for today. And um, make sure you keep locked, keep tuned in. Save this uh, uh, podcast so you are aware. I don't know how it works. If you can save the, the, the feed or the link or whatever, I'll do my research. <laughs> I can tell you more on the next one. But thanks for listening. And I'll catch up with you on the next one. Peace.